calling all Enneagram type nines. They call us the peacemakers, the mediators, the harmonizers, and even the comfort-seeking, self-forgetting, conflict-avoiding, anger-repressing, people-pleasing, procrastinating, indecisive, stubborn, passive-aggressive, yet undeniably likable, sweethearts of the Enneagram who just want everyone to get along. Sound like you? Welcome to the Enneagram 9 Show, a place for type 9s who are ready to take up space in this world, to know that they matter, and to fully engage in life as the brave captain of their own ship. And bonus points if we can do this without sacrificing our naps, pajama pants, comforting routines, and alone time. If all this sounds good to you, you're in the right place, and you're not alone. I'm Kimberly Eclipse, trained counselor, professional astrologer, and everyday mentor for Type 9s. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's do this. Hey, what's up, Type 9s? Welcome to another episode of the Enneagram 9 Show. Now, before we dive into today's interview, which is really good, by the way, I want to remind you that there's just one more day left to get a whopping $20 off your ticket to Nines Rising. Nines Rising is the world's first ever, don't quote me on that, but you can probably quote me on that, the world's first ever virtual retreat just for type nines. It's a perfect day for nines to step away from the demands of everyday life, to step away from the people we love, even though we do love you, no offense, family, friends, Um, but step away from the influence of people that we're responsible for or obligated to. And it's a day to just reflect and recalibrate in a group setting, to rest and to learn from the best of the best in the Enneagram world. By the way, everyone involved in facilitating, presenting at the retreat, they're all fellow nines. So that's awesome too. I've been getting some messages asking, okay, well, what if I can't make it live in person on the day of the retreat? It's a Saturday. It's a Saturday, November 5th, 12 noon Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. So if that's the case, if that's you, if you can't make it live or if for you know something happens and you have to duck out early, don't worry because it'll be recorded and sent to all ticket holders. So check out Enneagram9.com for all the details and to get your ticket. If you want the $20 off, be sure to use the promo code PODCAST20 at checkout, which is, again, only good through the end of tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, You won't get a sweeter deal than that. So again, use that code PODCAST20. All right, let's move on to what I have for you today. Today is an important episode because for some reason it took me 22 episodes to bring a certified Enneagram teacher onto the show to do a deep dive into what it means to be a type 9. Not only are we covering all the type 9 basics, but I love that we're also exploring how different we 9s can present. We're exploring the diversity across our collective experience as 9s, and of course, the common denominators that bring us together. Now, part of the reason we're able to talk about our diversity as 9s is because I finally got a nine wing eight in the house. You know, we've had a wing eight on here before, but that was, I think, like 
episode three. It's been so long. I've shared before that I'm a sexual nine-wing one. So a lot of my personal musings about being a peacemaker are naturally from that lens. But my guest today is a social nine-wing eight, and so she's just got a different flavor of nine that that she brings to us. Um, And if you don't know, by the way, what wings are, nope, it has nothing to do with birds. It has nothing to do with those little flaps on women's sanitary napkins. (laughs) Sorry, I went there. Um, But fortunately, our guest will cover what wings are and why they're important to understand when you're thinking about how you experience the world as a nine. So speaking of our guest, I'm honored to bring Lee Milligan to the show. She is the co-host of a fantastic podcast called Enneagram Typecast. She's also a certified Enneagram teacher, coach, and mentor. She offers personal coaching, she leads workshops, and she teaches how to use the Enneagram in everyday life, in rituals for growth, and just in staying grounded, open, and curious in the process of self-discovery. Plus, I just want to add You know, you're not going to see her because obviously this is a podcast, but Lee showed up looking so cool, looking so good, so fly. Um, Does anyone say that anymore? She looks so fly. Anyway, so Lee showed up in her awesome tattoos, in her bold eyeliner, and she has this real um, sense of adventure and spirit for travel, which I bring up just because, you know, you can't judge an Enneagram book by its cover, you know? I feel like nines have a reputation, understandably, for wanting to blend into the background, including physically, like wanting to conform and not really draw attention to ourselves. But Let me tell you, Lee stands out. She stands out in more ways than one. And I really appreciate that. It's a good takeaway, especially because some of us, um, well, actually, scratch that. What I want to say is none of us are going to fit into every single type nine stereotype, right? Okay. So without further ado, I give to you the delightful, wise, and fascinating Lee Milligan. Okay, Lee Milligan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You're here. Woo! Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, definitely. Um, it's so cool to be in your presence as the co-host of Enneagram Typecast. I love your show. And I know and love your co-host, Karen, who's been on the show as well. And I like the way you guys balance each other, too. I love that there's this Enneagram show with two nines who seem to me like there's overlap, but definitely a difference in the energy of how you speak and how you teach. So it's so cool to have you on here to talk the basics of what a type nine is and how they show up. But before we get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your Enneagram origin story? So like, how did you get into the Enneagram? Sure. Um, so I was introduced to the Enneagram um, when I was working in Ireland for a month. Um, I met my current fiance, I guess I should put it that way, um, in Cork, and he was going to an academic conference down there. And so I was hanging out with all these like academic folks. 
um, trying to fit in there and not feeling like I was a part of this new group. But um, I we went out to this pub one night and a girl who's now actually a really good friend introduced me to the Enneagram is all she was talking about. I was like, I have no idea what this girl's talking about. Um, and she was like, I think you're three. I think you're like me. And I didn't know what that meant, but I took it as a compliment and rolled with it. And then later, you know, she was like, take the test, take the test, do all these things. And she had gotten introduced to it. and was really jazzed about it because they were doing something on her university with um, like conflict resolution. And, you know, you can use the Enneagram in a lot of spaces like that in her department workings, all that sort of stuff. So that was where I came from like I first heard about it. Um, and then when I got home to Portland, I started buying books and taking courses. And I found Enneagram Portland um, and my mentor, Dale Rhodes. So I started working with him and attending some of his like movie literature workshops, which are rad if you're in Portland um, or not or online. Uh, but then he introduced me to the narrative. Um, so I went there to learn more and I took all their intenses and eventually got certified through the narrative Enneagram. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So you started off with a girl in Ireland telling you she thought you were three. Was she American? Yes. Over there. Well, okay. Irish American. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause I, it's so funny that you were in Ireland and people are talking about the Enneagram over there too. I feel like nowadays, like depending on what city you are here in the States, it's, it's a hot topic. And then in other areas, it's like not so much. So I just find it so funny that you're in Ireland and that's where we first heard about it yeah um one other thing I'll add is I had just recently gotten divorced um so I know a lot of people say the Enneagram comes to you at a time sometimes when you, or you find it at certain times so I was over there trying to figure out if I wanted to move over to Ireland at the time like reset my whole life figure out what I wanted and so it was like perfect timing actually to discover it so wow that is so interesting Interesting because that's what when I discovered the Enneagram for myself, I also was at like rock bottom. It's such a powerful tool. And so what when it's going to impact you, it's going to be almost when you need it and when you can understand how much you need it. Alrighty, cool. So you said you started off thinking or being typed as a three by somebody else. Can you tell us more about how you learned you are a nine? So my journey was a long meandering one, which is pretty common for a lot of nines. A lot of nines can mistype. Um, I started at four when I started reading and doing quizzes. A lot of times I tested as a one or a four. So I thought, you know, they share a line. I got to be somewhere there. Um, but then I quickly realized I was definitely more gut type, like everything is, is big and I feel it low and, you know, I, I receive information that way. Um, so then one had to work, right. I was like, I have to make one work. So I spent about a year as a one, as a sexual one. Cause I also had to make the subtype, make me a more fiery one. Um, and basically, you know, I tried, it didn't fit. I wasn't doing my work. I was doing someone else's. Um, so I eventually, after doing more reading and actually getting my certification, I mean, right before my certification, I was just like, you know, nine wing eight, nine wing eight for sure. Now I feel confident. Now I feel secure. I've found this. Um, so yeah. Okay. How did you know that one wasn't it for you? I spent a lot of time in the narrative. So you're in classes with other people and they'll do these little breakout sessions. So you'll get put with other ones or you'll get uh, like into smaller groups with instinctual subtypes. 
Um, and so just being in the presence and hearing all these one stories, well, I could relate to it because we can relate to almost any of the types in some way, especially nines. Um, I just was like, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't, it's kind of like, I kind of like that, but not really. Um, and then hearing, hearing nines, there are, there's usually a lot of nines in a lot of Enneagram programs. Um, I just listen to more and more stories. So again, the narrative tradition is very much like telling your story, what it's like to live in your type, as opposed to just, you know, reading in books, which can be a little, you know, flat, not very nuanced. Um, mm -hmm. and so, and also nines show up so differently. So it was, okay. it was easier to be like, okay, all right. And then find myself that way. All right. So now I have another question though. So why, why upon first learning about nines, did you decide that that was not you? Like why in your first attempt, did you land on a different number and you're like, no, I'm not a nine. The nine seemed too nice. They see, I, <laughs> I was just like, Oh yeah, I, I kind of get that. And there's some types that kind of like get boiled down to some stereotypes too, sometimes like twos um, and people just don't go into more details and stuff. And so I was just like, well, they, I mean, they seem really chill and like also really nice. And I was like, I don't think I'm that, that nice all the time. And I'm, I'm definitely not that chill. Like, I feel like I have like a flurry of stuff happening underneath all, myself all the time. But I was like, oh, but I project the exact opposite of that. I project the, hey, it's cool. Everything's fine. Like da, 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 in both a self-soothing way and also that outward projecting to make everybody else feel cool. And so I was like, mm -hmm. oh, this is when the core driving motivations and what's underlying why you're behaving a certain way is so much more than the actual behavior. Okay. Okay. Now it's getting juicy. So then would you say then that, <laughs> that we're getting like super nerdy now that I meant for this to be a very basic episode where we're doing just the basics, but now the Enneagram nerd in me is like so curious. So would you say then that the projecting that you were doing kind of the nine vibes, despite what was going on underneath, like, did you find that that was what was getting you into trouble in terms of the areas of life where you were struggling or the ways that you were struggling? Like, would you say it was like a constant project projection of niceness and calm and keeping things cool? Or was it like, uh, like I keep getting myself into the same problems and hitting the same roadblocks because of this specific type of projection that I'm doing? Yeah. Uh, great question. I, I would say it wasn't a consistent thing. That was the other thing is, is a lot of the times the way the types are described is you're always this way. And I'm, I am always, I feel like in flux where I'm trying to do something and sometimes I care about it. Sometimes I don't, which is most folks. Right. Um, but with this particular one and a, a lot of reason that it hit hard was because I hate being textbook, but I was a textbook person who had kind of fallen asleep to her own life her own agendas, uh, a lot of who I was. And I, you know, had one of those nine gut wake ups one day. I was like, who, how did I get here? Like, what life am I living? Like I, I, you know, I, and at the end of my marriage, that was a lot of the stuff too. Like that was a very amical breakup. I'm happy to talk about anything there. Uh, it was just like, you know, when we first started dating, I had blue hair and, you know, liked going out to shows till two in the morning. And now I'm like living in the suburbs and I golf like 
what is happening? Like, seriously, <laughs> I woke up in someone else's life and it was just because I just went along. Everything was fine. They were used, we've used fine for the first time. Um, but uh, yeah, and I just woke up really angry one day and I was like, I, I don't want to live here. I want to live here and I want to do this and I want to travel and you don't care about traveling. And, and these things are really important to me. And it felt like it's such an immediate like thing that had to be taken care of or handled or addressed that it was like that volcano um, mm. went off. And then I was just gotcha. like, no, I got to get back to me and what I'm doing. So gotcha. I am just so obsessed with you because I'm just like, you seem like such a different nine than I am. And we are, we are like, I know you're a nine wing eight and you're a social nine. Social nine. I just social blurted social that out without asking you if that's okay to share. I, that's so fun. I overshare everything. So, <laughs> okay, okay. We have something in common then. Um, and then I'm a sexual nine wing one. So I just, I just find it so interesting to see how people present, but let's, let's get into what I wanted you to come here and teach us about. Cause I wanted a professional. I didn't want this to, this to come from me. <laughs> so can you get into just the very basics of what it's like to be a nine and how they present, um, and specifically explaining the core needs and fears and desires of a nine. Sure. So I'll run through my, my light nine overview and we can go deeper on anything else that you want. Um, so nines, common names for the nines, that's a good place to start. This was another place where I was like, none of these names really felt like they fit, but <laughs> they're often referred to as the mediator, the peacemaker, the harmonizer, um, the comforter or the comfort seeker comes up sometimes. Um, and I've also heard the pacifist and the adapter. So one of the types that I've come across that has the most names, and that makes sense, is nines show up so varied, I think. Um, they're at the top of the Enneagram symbol, so the very top, which is the gut center um, or the body center. And um, they're usually described as like accepting, competent, trusting, self-deprecating, um, intuitive, empathetic folks um, who usually appear pretty stable or chill. Um, everything belongs. We're all connected. Nines can get into that little woo-woo area as well. And it's this very kind of open and fluid sort of sense of being. Um, they're there, but not all the way. Um, and this is usually like really easy to go along with, very welcoming and inviting, and that's on purpose. Um, so again, we have that welcoming, chill, feel, easygoing. Um, the habit of attention for nines is on the agenda of others and maintaining peace and harmony. So they spend a lot of time on comfort and the way that this helped me, um, harmony, that word helped me more than like peace. Um, because okay. yeah, I was going to ask you yeah. which of those names resonated for you the most. And some of those I never even heard of before. So wh which one of those, like, do you connect with and which ones do you not connect with? So the peacemaker, that one was a problem for me because I never felt at peace or generally peaceful. Um, I don't like confrontation. I don't like being in the presence of people like yelling in full fights. Um, you know, so that resonates, but I like mediator. I think it works a lot for nines. It's one of the most common names and it's really from a place that my, uh, nines can also see multiple sides of situations. Um, and so it's really easy for them to not, you know, live in black and white, it's more gray. And so they can oftentimes be really good at diff uh, diffusing conflict and helping other people solve their problems. 
so I thought that was a really good name. That's so interesting because that one is hard for me to to grasp onto. It makes sense, but I also feel like I don't want to be the mediator because that in, implies that there is a war zone and I have to be the one to like stop the war. And that feels very dangerous for me because like I hate being around anger and hearing anger. So um, my background is in counseling and I knew from the beginning that I did not want to be a marriage counselor. Like I didn't want to be between two people trying to find that middle ground. So that is, that's really, really interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Well, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll get into a little bit of wings later and that might show up there too a little bit. Um, a lot of times nines are described as the most sensitive type. So since you're able to sort of know or feel what's happening energetically around you, it's, it's got that like empathetic thing, but it's also just, it's where your attention is going. So even if you're a nine in a room and you're focused on yourself, as soon as someone else enters that room, it's all eyes on you. And so, so that can sometimes feel two-ish, um, but really it's also self-protection because it's like, are you coming in here to ask me something? Are you coming in? Are you going to affect my day? How is this all going to go down? And so a lot of energy is just spent on keeping yourself sort of neutral and also keeping the outside world neutral as to not be affected by it as much. Mm -hmm. um, that's a lot of energy spent on that, which is nines are sometimes also described um, as being sensitive, but also the lowest energy level of, of folks on the Enneagram. And that is because so much of this energy is spent on, on maintaining your inner sense of calm and, and the outer one. So that's a lot of the attention and energy that people don't really account for, but it's happening constantly. Right, right. And that is draining because you're you're trying to control. It's almost like stopping any upheaval in yourself stopping any upheaval that's happening externally. And that is a lot of energy. Yeah. That's why I'm so tired. Okay. So tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And the core need uh, of harmony or sometimes it's called, you know, comfort or inclusion. Um, it, it, that was confusing to me as well, because it's so much described in a lot of the literatures outward. And when someone was like, oh no, half of that is spent calming yourself on the inside and that harmony and self, like self peace that I was like, oh, that wasn't it like automatically clear to me the first time I read the description of the nine. Um, mm -hmm. And there's this real desire just to be unaffected by life. So when you talk to people and you learn that there's these nine lenses and that everybody's walking around with different motivations and viewings of things, um, a lot of nines will all relate to just being like, okay, life, life feels harder to get through sometimes as, as a nine. It seems easier for other people. They're just walking around, doing their thing, calling out their own opinions, doing their own agendas. And it's just like, I got to face the day every day. I don't know what the day is going to be like, and I still have to do it. And that's, it's just a lot. Um, yeah. Um, nines are also one of the most common types that I I've run into, um, but been in classes with nines are plentiful, but like I said, we can show up so differently. Uh, nines can also, uh, merge with other people. That's one of the things that nines do. And in this sort of merging with another person, um, you can take on the attributes, opinions of other people. You can forget yourself and become more like the group that you're in. Um, you can also just absorb a little bit of the people that you hang out with. Like there's this permeable fluidity. Um, so a lot of times nines, I feel bad in Enneagram things because I usually go last because people will do things in order. 
And so by the time the nines have heard all the descriptions, they're like, oh, well, I see myself in everything. Um, or, or it's just, if, if you had let me go first, it would have been clearer. But now that we've covered everything, it's too much, you know, to sort through. Um, there's also a lot of duality with nines, like the inner piece and the outer piece. Uh, what they're projecting is this calm thing. A lot of times nines describe themselves as very uh, anxious or like humming underneath. Um, but they may not project that way. Um, because nines repress their anger and keep pushing it down a lot or fall asleep to it, they're also one, I think, one of the most angry types, if not the angriest type. Um, what no. you like? I know. <laughs> it's like, but I don't want to be angry. <laughs> I know. I don't have that emotion. What do you mean? What is, what is that? Anger? <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of this leads to mistyping. So one of the most common mistypes um, are people or folks that I meet with and do typing interviews or even coaching with um, nines can, can mistype a lot. Um, so um, being able to see multiple sides of things is a gift, but also absorbing or seeing yourself and all of those can be a little confusing. Um, so showing up consistently, like I said, very confusing. And also nines can sometimes want to disappear. Like, you don't see me, I don't see me, I'm not here, don't worry about it. Um, and, and that's something that nines really have to work on. Um, and I think we also, in, in a lot of times, expect too much of folks just to show up consistently or the same every day. And that's something that I think we're all working on normalizing, just showing up as your real self. Um, so, sorry if I went on a tangent. Saying uh, <laughs> that nines expect other people to show up more consistently? Is that I think times have their own internal, like I should show up like this, or it would be best if I showed up like this. Okay. And a lot of that time is just meeting yourself where you are. And is it okay just to show up as me? And can I be okay. tired today? Can I be irritable today? Can I right. be low? Like all that stuff and just allowing for it all to exist. And it's all great. Um, there's also sort of a resistance with the nine to reality, like not wanting to be affected by it, maybe not participating in it as much. Um, and it's weird because like we're in the gut center, right? So we're very, we can be very grounded folks. We can be immovable. We can have strong opinions. Um, we can get a lot done, um, but we can also be airy, fairy, light and sort of float away. You can see nines kind of check out of meetings sometimes if they're not interested, um, not being present. Um, and sort of just like this, like floating up into their heads a little bit, mm -hmm. that zoning out a little bit. Um, yeah. I always feel like the, the metaphor I use for myself is that I'm just like a balloon and, um, I have a string maybe, and I like people who can pull me down to reality because otherwise I'll just be drifting. I haven't drifted once though, in the time you started talking. So I'm right here with you. Haven't left. I haven't left yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and the last thing i'll just say like a general description of nines is is um numbing comes out a lot of narcotization um sometimes laziness or sloth those words that come up um or self-forgetting comes up quite a bit and that's really not attending to our own needs and again we're talking about energy levels so that's sort of an obvious word but um the numbing out the nine can do is like if you're if you do have an opinion and you're not saying it and you're pushing that down, eventually your well fills up and then it overflows. So we talk about the anger of nines erupting sort of like a volcano. And then it's upsetting to people because they're used to you being so chill. And all of a sudden, like, who is this person? 
or not having boundaries or, you know, just being like a yes person. And then all of a sudden one day you're like, actually, no, and that's not going to happen anymore. And that can upset people. And so there's like area there to check in on real friendships and work-life balance and all those great things that we're all working on. But yeah. 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 I noticed that for me, um, I show my anger so infrequently that when I do get angry, my kids start crying. They're afraid because they're like the witch, the witch has arrived on her broomstick. It's jarring for people, but I also find it very effective because it's like they really listen to me when I'm mad. And my joke is that this is kind of mean, but I'm like, if I think like because I'm always trying to create peace and I'm like, I often see the best in people and I have a blind eye sometimes to people's weaknesses because that's another form of like recognizing conflict or recognizing something I don't like. And I just want to shove that under the rug. I will, uh, this is so judgy. Like, okay, this is all my, this is like the behind the scenes nine talk where I'm like talking myself out of how I feel. But when someone pisses me off, I'm like, wow, you have to be some kind of special a-hole if you made me mad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's not even subjective. It's objective. (laughs) I think that you're terrible, which is not true, of course, but that is kind of, this weird dance that I and maybe some other nines have with their own anger or like just feelings and opinions about people. I even find that like if I don't like someone and it could be for valid or valid reasons or just because it's like my own insecurities being brought up, like I'll try to not feel that way about the person. I'll try to talk myself out of disliking someone when really it's it's totally fine if I just, I'm not feeling someone. So there are just so many sneaky ways that I feel like nineness can pop up for people. One thing I noticed in your description is it really is almost all over the place how people, how nines can show up. So can we talk about the wings? Because it sounds like wings are a big part of that and probably many other things too. But um, tell us about the wings. So I like to preface that um, when you're learning the Enneagram, can't stress it more, landing in your type is the most important thing. So if not learning about wings right away confuses you or muddies the waters, please leave them for something to learn like after you've landed in type. That being said, um, as your type, you have access to both of your wings, which are the numbers to either side of you. So in this case with nine, we have eight and one and we're all in the body. So um I think most of the descriptions out there for a nine are more nine wing one based, which is another reason I had a hard time landing. Um, but nines with a one wing. So there'll be, you can have a heavy wing too. You can be heavily influenced by your wing and pull on that a lot. So then there's that muddy water. Am I a one wing nine, nine wing one that gets into some typing stuff as well. But really what we're pulling from our wings are, are a lot of times also the type is described as the resolution of the wings. So if you look at the eight and the one, like what would be missing to solve like both of their agendas. But besides getting in deep in the weeds, um, nine wing ones tend to be a little bit more image focused. Um, you've got the super ego of the one that really focuses on that what's appropriate. Um, they can be a little bit uh, more critical. Um, they might be more willing to be adaptable, pragmatic. Um, they can be more clear spoken, calm. 
Um, I think nines are funny, but nines with one wings, um, diffusing with humor comes up a lot, the self-deprecating. Um, they can be really self-critical as well as more critical of others. Um, so that can come up both internally and externally. Um, and they might focus more on, on not taking up as much space. Like it's better to be small and calm and lesser. Um, and they're more into improving the situation. So again, for pulling from the perfectionist or the improver, whatever you like to call the one, um, you're going to have a little bit more of that influence happening. Yeah. And I think it probably shows up for people differently because like when I think of ones, the stereotype is often like they're organized, they're perfectionist type A's, you know, but I find, and I know that that's not really this, you know, that's not really how ones are defined um, entirely. But I know for me, how it shows up for me is almost like a moral perfectionism. And I don't really have it as much towards other people, like aiming it at other people so often as it's aimed towards me. So I just wanted to put that out there in case people, you know, wanted a, another way of seeing how that one might come out. Yeah, um, I thought you're your example you just gave as well of being like, I had this negative thought about somebody, it floated through my brain. And then I was like, no, I shouldn't think that way. That's not good. That's not right. Da, 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 exactly. Da, da, yep. exactly. Now, um, one question. So do you have to have one dominant wing? Can people have a balance of both wings? Is that rare? Is that something we want to strive for? What's your take on that? My take and take the, you know, this is my opinion. Um, most of the people I meet and I work with have a dominant wing. Um, I think the way I was taught is you can have balanced wings. You can pull from one wing maybe in your earlier life and then switch to the other one in later lives. So I've heard all these theories. I think they're all fascinating. And I think whatever you feel is working for you is great. But usually I use wings as another resource point. Uh, cause the Enneagram doesn't stick you in a box and leave you there. You get to move all around the symbol and go to all these numbers and have all these great resources, um, which accounts for everybody showing up and looking different every day as well. You know, so a lot of times, you know, we talk about your doubling down on your type structure, you're at certain levels of health in your type structure. So we do all these things too. I think wings can be help, <coughs> excuse me, helpful in distinguishing sometimes when you're reading sort of stereotypes of a type. And then you realize people are so complicated. They're so nuanced, like where they were raised, you know, family members, like all these different things can factor into making us very complicated, whole rounded people. And maybe this one paragraph didn't speak to you, but there's one bullet point under nine wing eight or whatever was like the clencher. And then you feel secure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So should I talk about nine wing eights? Oh my gosh, please. They are a mystery. You're a mystery to me. Please enlighten me because I feel like I don't understand. I don't even get how it's possible. <laughs> so I yes, please tell me. I will shout out. It is one of the most confusing lines in the Enneagram. Um, okay. there, there are certain lines in the Enneagram between certain types where I'm like, this is real gossamer, thin veil. We can float a lot here. The eight and the nine, I mean, when you just read the description, uh, descriptions of the types are just so different, right? Um, the nine being like, I need to be smaller and the eight just having this huge presence, right? Um, so um, nine wing eights can be a little bit more direct or more comfortable being direct. Um, they can be blunt. They can be more fiery. Um, they can want real autonomy about showing up as they are. 
So when, when you hear me advocating for all this stuff, that's just part of my, my DNA. Um, I'm really big at advocating for others, standing up for others, a little bit less so for myself, but I'm working on it. Um, but they can have really big hearts. Eights have big hearts along with all the other big energy. Um, but they can also, like, I think the eight wing can make us feel a little bit more aloof. Um, and I think where the nine wing one is more like a, improving the situation, a nine with an eight is more like challenging the situation. So we're bringing in that challenger language. Um, so, you know, I can feel certain ways politically and I feel like I was like, that, that might be more one wing, you know, right and wrong, little finger wagging. And then my eight energy is like, what am I gonna do about it? What am I gonna change? Am I not gonna put up with this anymore? Great, let's get going. And so eight also has that huge energy, right? They may have the most energy on the Enneagram. So you're meeting somebody who has super low energy is butting up against somebody with big energy. What does that look like? Well, I have ADHD. <laughs> it's one of the things very common in nines. This shows up a lot, but um, I, it does feel like a fluctuation from being a little meek, mild, calm, chill. to just all of a sudden, you know, having all this passion, rage, opinions and things. And so it can feel a little bit like a split personality sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's my experience with nine wing eight. <laughs> Hmm. I feel like I want to hear more from nine wing eight. And I, I feel if I had to try to guess one of my friends types, which I know you, you shouldn't type people, but if I had to guess, I think he might be a nine wing eight. And it's very strange because I feel like he and I are so different, even though we, we tend to have some similar and interesting nine qualities where we'll like diffuse situations. Sometimes we might even like not really lie, but maybe omit certain truths. So as to keep the situation calm and keep people moving forward. So, um, but he has a, like a stronger energy. Like when he's annoyed, it just comes out. He does like to take the lead in a group. Um, he has no problem with that. He has oldest child vibes, you know, and he has like an edge to him so his humor we both diffuse with humor but his humor is very edgy and then mine is like doo -doo -doo, all over the place well I, I think part of one of the things i want to ask you and it's related to this is what are some of the ways that you don't personally fit into the nine stereotypes i'm wondering if this has to do with your eight wing so can you tell me more about like what doesn't fit for you and maybe that'll help me understand too let's start with anger because that's the easiest thing to talk about especially with the gut types so a lot of nines will deny having anger or yeah let's just say that um or they'll use other words or you know we'll sing song and float away from it like i'm doing right now um but um having the eight wing i have always felt more comfortable with anger i always felt like maybe i'm also a really short girl and so i was always like you know, I grew up in the nineties too. So I already had like an edge, a little bit of like, um, I don't know that whole like uh, slacker mentality of like, it's not cool to care and just be yourself. Like people have to deal with that, like whatever. So like, I grew up with that already being like, you know, part of the, the zeitgeist kind of thing. But um, I've, I've just always felt like it's okay to be you, but it's never, you know, I was also raised in the South. So I was raised on good manners. I had to go to Cotillion. I know which fork to use. I know all this like, like sort of one stuff. And so I, I felt a little bit more nine wing one, I would say growing up, or I like, I resonated with that because like, 
that was just more like what was expected. Like, oh, you're a nice Southern girl. You're going to show up and be like this. And that's not okay. You know, that was sometimes, you know, there's sometimes eight energy is described as masculine energy. We're working with all this language. We're choosing what works and leaving what doesn't. Um, but basically I was thinking like society, just female eights struggle with a lot of Enneagram work because so much of the literature is written from a, like, it doesn't feel like female power sometimes. Um, so I've always felt a little bit powerful. I've been told I was intimidating. Uh, I've been told I'm entrepreneurial and I was like, what are you talking about? I'm the laziest person you've ever met. Um, but yeah, so just learning how other people see you is really important too, because nines can't always see it in ourselves. So mm. if someone was like, oh no, you're nice. You're always chill. I'm like, cool. I did, I did my job, right? That's how I came across or that's what I was going for that day. Or that's what got me what I needed or to feel safe. Um, but then it feels really good to just be a little mouthy sometimes or show up with a big opinion. Not all the time, you know, I'm not living in eight, um, but it, I can tap it. I can tap it a little bit, or it feels just more comfortable to me. Um, where some folks I know, like I'd rather, you know, like die than being in the middle of a fight or I, I really get uncomfortable saying no, I do sometimes. And then sometimes it's so easy to say no. And it feels good. And sometimes it feels good to tell someone off and that might burn a bridge um, where sometimes nines are so um, scared because we're attachment types of losing connection and losing ourselves in, in our connections that, that I think that, that resonates just as a nine, no matter what your wing is. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, so anger, so anger that that's one way that you don't feel like you always fit, especially not with the nine wing one description. Is there anything else aside from anger? Uh, well, just thinking back to what I just said, I meander quite a bit. Nines, like when you're talking to a lot of nines, nines usually talk really slowly. And very mm. soothing, That's a thing. Hey, I thought it was just me. No, <laughs> I thought it was I'm just a, me. Yeah, no, I'm a fast talking nine too, which doesn't fit a lot of the descriptions too. The meandering and going off on tangents and not actually making you know, I'll say a lot of things. I'm like, that made total sense to me. And I'm, I'm looking at someone who's completely lost by what I just said. And I was like, okay, let me start over, Whoop, you know, <laughs> but yeah, that's something I noticed too. Like when you do a lot of Enneagram stuff, like there are characteristics that fit and some that don't, but like speaking style, you know, jaws, sometimes with the one and the bite guard, I'm a bite guard where as well. So no judgment, um, but just holding tension in different places in the body, somatic stuff, like all that stuff is really great. Like postgraduate Enneagram work <laughs> after you know your gotcha. type. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Some, I've heard um, some panels of nines who I feel like I, I can't relate to you at all. I think it was um, a self-preservation nine panel that I was listening to. And I felt like I couldn't relate to them at all. I'm like, what? We're the same type? Get out of here. And one thing I noticed with that group is that they really held their boundaries. They're like, I am so committed to my little peace bubble, my my zen, my zone of zen and my schedules that it's basically like F off if you want me to like have a different schedule, sleep at a different time, disrupt, you know, what I planned to do that evening. So that was that's a case where I felt like, wow, you you guys have really strong boundaries, and I cannot relate to that at all. Um, but it was around their the self preservation instinct, like you know, this is this is what I need, 
So I found that really interesting too. How do you do with boundaries? How does that show up for you? Uh, well, if I can comment just on instinctual uh, stackings and layering that on top of things, if people are getting confused, if this is your first time learning about nines or something, I like to say, we, you know, find your core type. But if you describe nine as, I don't know, the color blue, right? And you think of all the different shades of blue and you're like, well, how can we all be one thing? Well, we're not. We're all the paint colors at the paint store blue. So your wing might flavor you a different color. You might more, go more green, blue, you know, one is purple, whatever. I'm just getting lost in this analogy. But then we're also layering these instincts on top. So that can also influence your flavor or your color or how you show up. So I'm self-pres last. Um, it's my blind spot. It's my area to work on. Um, and folks that have that as either, you know, their first or their second, either uh, your stackings, like the, the one you identify with the most, you're usually overdoing or overutilizing. The second one is something you can do naturally pretty well. You don't spend a lot of energy on it. And then your when you're weakest at, or sometimes called your blind spot is your area to work on. Um, so with self-press stuff, like you said, like when you're in these groups with these people who have like great boundaries, like I had pretty bad boundaries. I wouldn't have thought that about myself until I did more work on it, but I was like, I typically say yes, and I want to be helpful. Um, I will often work really, really hard. I had workaholism, very common with social nines. It's also a way to numb out. I didn't know you could numb out through work. Uh, you can. Um, and uh, it was funny when I started doing boundary work and I would say no, or I'm going to work with you, but I'm going to work like this, especially at my own job. That's where I you know, started playing in this arena. Um, people don't like it when you put up boundaries or you change or you show up or differently or you've changed the relationship dynamic. They liked usually the way things were working and it usually involves you possibly to being a doormat. So that works for the other person, but it doesn't work for you. So when you start doing this work and really checking in with yourself and like, is this okay? Do I have the capacity to do that? All that kind of work is really hard. And I don't, I mean, it gets easier, right? It's like a muscle. Once you use it, you can start flexing it and using it a little bit more. But in the beginning, it can feel really scary, really uncomfortable, like you're going to lose all your cred, all your relationships. Like there's a lot of stuff that just like flutters under the surface, I think, for a nine there. Mm. Yeah. And I think, um, well, I had been reading, you know, one of the core fears or the core fear is being separated or loss of those relationships. So I think that's how it, it comes up for a lot of people. And, and for me, definitely, for sure, is like, I don't want anyone to dislike me. There's safety there. Yeah. Yeah. Safe. Yeah. And like you have yeah. more resources. Um, a lot of nines that don't have people, um, that can be a lot harder than some other types that are, are happy to, you know, maybe be away from folks a little bit more. Um, mm. There's also like, you know, harmonic groups and Harnavian groups that um, all the types fall into. So those are really also helpful to learn if you're a nine, maybe um, why you understand why you might need to withdraw to get more energy or think about things before coming back in and talking about them. Um, that's not true for everybody else. A lot of people want to hash things out in real time right there. And you're like, I haven't put my thoughts together. I don't feel prepared. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I might as well just not say anything. Exactly. Yeah. I so feel you on that. Yeah. I'm like, I need a few days to even understand how I feel and then I'll respond. Whereas, yeah. you know, my husband who might be a seven wing eight, but we're not really sure, you know, he just wants to get it out there, like fight right in the moment and solve the problem, 
problem right away. And then he's like, well, how do you feel? How do you feel? I'm like, I don't know. I need three to five business days. I don't know how I feel yet. Um, So I can't even fight because I don't even know what my opinion is yet. So yeah, yeah, interesting. Feeling things in real time was also something that's not written about a ton with nines. But um, when I was on panel and that was being discussed, it was like, oh, I was having this great moment and I wanted to be in the moment and feel all the things in real time. And I couldn't like, and I, you know, I wanted to, and I, I couldn't be present. And that, you know, that was so soul crushing for me because like, I, I've been in the same place and you're kind of like, I'm here, but I'm not, um, mm. I'm affected, but I'm not, or I don't want to be. So, yeah. Mm. We're also in the positive outlook group. I think of the group, it's two sevens and nines. We're probably the lowest of that stacking, you know, you meet a lot of twos and sevens that have this great enthusiasm and everything's going to work out. It's going to be fine. It's got a different energy than the nines fine, which is, you know, typically if you ask a nine how they're doing, they say, it's fine, you know, and I always encourage people to ask them again, and then maybe you'll get a real answer. And that's whatever the answer is, is, is fine, Uh, (laughs) but not fine. Fine is not fine. Fine's not helping anybody. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My husband started asking me twice now too, like, are you sure? Are you sure you're fine? Um, but I, I think to that last point, it's almost like when comparing ourselves to the twos or the sevens who might have more energy um, to act or, you know, to create that positive outcome, whatever. It's almost like um, like big picture. I think things will be fine. So not that I'm the one to get hit the ground running and like make the plan and save the day, but big picture, I know in the long run, it'll all be fine. So no need to freak out anybody. You know, it's kind of like, like that. Um, yeah. And I describe nine fine is sometimes just being net neutral. Like we're not bad. So that's great. That's all we yeah. need. To be yeah. We're seven. Nine fine. The highest highs. Yeah. We're like, just <laughs> above, above average is great. <laughs> All right. So, um, well, let's move on because we're we're coming to an end here, but I did want to ask what, just on a personal level, what's a type nine win that you've recently had? So just, you know, considering the ways that nines may, may struggle, what's a win that you've had? Well, recently as a nine, I'm getting married. I'm getting married next month. I think we're under uh, 30 days to the wedding. That's a lot of stress on top of uh, full-time, well, not part-time coaching business, full-time job. Um, and so I have done, I've made so many choices. I've made so many decisions. I haven't been surveying people. I've been, um, I'm still not sticking with schedules because that's not my thing as much, but I'm carving out the time to get things done. Um and whatever I can get done is also what gets done. So it's not like I suffer from um, a lot of nines do, but like uh, a thousand tabs open in the browser. Like I'll get back to this later when I have more time, energy, and want to read it, but it's definitely important. So I can't close it. Um, I just close all my tabs, just close them all. It's literally. Wait, are you speaking literally or figuratively like how your mind works, like tabs in your mind? Both. Yeah. I'm also squirrel brained. I'm like, I'll think about that later and get back to it. But I mean, in reality, like I have multiple browsers with tabs, you know, out, you can't even see the URL or like the favicon or whatever. Um, yeah. And if do things in real time too. So if you find an article you want to read, I suggest carving out that time to read that article, enjoy it, close it. There's like something about that that feels so much more productive because I feel like a lot of nines 
can get into research mode or will need to see all the versions before I can pick one. And then by the time you've looked at 38 versions of a, you know, I'm, I'm in wedding mode. So like invitations or something like that, but you're also overwhelmed and you're exhausted and you spent way too much time on it. And now it doesn't even matter. And I forgot why I started looking at this thing, you know, yeah, so being, yeah. I think being very intentional with my time has been my biggest win lately. Cool. Congratulations on that. Cause I can definitely re- relate to that being a tab queen. I definitely have all the tabs open all the time, literally and yeah. figuratively. It's out. It's stressing us out super big time in the background. And it feels like yeah. it's being helpful. It's not. Yeah. And then and then well, what will happen then is like there are so many tabs that in the end I'm just like eeny meeny miny mo. Okay. So then I didn't even make an intentional decision after all the research. It's just like I just need to not feel anxious and stressed anymore. So I'm just gonna randomly pick something just to make it easier on myself. So that's but that's not good either. No, I mean, um, just faking it till you make it that I don't know what I want. So I'll just pick something that that can help you get to the next level sometimes. So that's true. That's true. You got to do what you got to do sometimes. All right. What's a type nine challenge that you're currently navigating and working through? It's still kind of hard for you. Overwhelm is a big one. Um, I've had a particularly hard year. Um, I lost my mother this year. I'm planning a wedding, like I said, and I'm potentially moving. So those are three big life events that usually stress out a person a lot anyway. And I'm dealing with three of them. Right. Wow. Um, and it's just, you know, some days I'm over, I'm just overwhelmed and it'll come out of nowhere. You know, I'll wake up. Um, a lot of nines will describe anger too. Like Karen's like, I don't really get angry, but I start crying. And then I realize I'm angry. <laughs> and so that happens. That shows up for me too. I'll just, I describe myself as like leaking. I was like, I don't know. I got overwhelmed. I just started leaking. Um, but you know, five minutes later, I'm like, I'm back, I'm fine. But like that little time I carved out for myself to just sit with it, acknowledge it and like, kind of be okay with it or let it go and move through you instead of like keeping everything pushed down or off to the side, I'll get back to that later. All that kind of stuff is just super helpful. Um, Mm. but yeah, overwhelm right now for me. Mm. big time. Yeah. And my heart goes out to you because for your mom and just everything that's going on this year. That's a lot. And I think in terms of like the tabs, right. That we were talking about, we can have that with emotions and they just like build up, build up. There's a lot, but we're not really going into anyone specifically because we don't want to get overwhelmed by that one. So we'll just keep collecting the tabs. Yeah. That's, that's hard. That is hard. Um, But I hope that whoever is listening to this, you know, like I found it so helpful to just sink into the, like, just stick to the tab that you're on. And I will just like, I leak too. I have a leakage problem in more than one way. And I won't get into that right now. (laughs) I've had two kids. Um, But yes, I also cry when I'm mad and I won't realize I'm mad, um, you know, and and it always feels so embarrassing. Like, oh, why does this have to be the way that I express my anger? Because then I just look like a weenie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel Karen on that one too. All right, yeah. so um, I'm sorry, go ahead. So I was just saying we can hold to as nines like so much compassion and have the answers for other people. But when it comes to our own stuff, like sometimes we know what to do, but it feels impossible to do it or to get into action to even start, um, especially mm-hmm. if you're having to deal with a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. which I think nines are super emotional people. We just don't maybe emote it as much as some others. So 
Exactly. Exactly. My husband, who is very emotional, and he's got a lot of water in his chart. Like, you know, when I look at his astrology chart, he is so expressive. And then, and then I'm always like, I can stay at the surface and keep the ship moving. I can be the captain. I make sure things get done despite all the drama. And he was like, but you, you consider yourself sensitive. You consider yourself emotional. I'm like, yes, I feel like I'm even more so than you, even though you're more expressive about it. I feel so sensitive, but that's exactly what I'm trying to avoid at times too, by like keeping busy and staying happy. Yeah, for sure. That deep sensitivity, deep capacity to hold emotion and other people's emotions. Yeah. I love, by the way, that you're into astrology. Um, As one of my practices, I do a tarot card poll every morning and sort of ground and center myself because I was like, I can commit to two minutes, you know, or five minutes or whatever this little practice in the morning is going to take that I can do every day. Okay. Peace. All right. So um, as we wrap it up, one last question. If you could give nines just one piece of advice, just one, something manageable to focus on, what would it be? Carving out time for yourself. It's so important for nines and those that tend to have the other focused or outward focused on other people's agendas and people. Um, it's so important to, to be by yourself. And I, I call them like, you know, if you're a mom, if you can get an hour, great. If you're a single person, you can have a whole day. Great. Whatever time you can carve out to figure out what your own wants and needs are, um, to do your weird single, you know, alone person behavior. I'd say like go into the kitchen, unload half the dishwasher, then watch a movie, then, you know, do all the weird stuff where you're not doing it for someone else. You're just doing exactly what you want. And sometimes that's a day of nothing. And a lot of other types don't understand. I I literally mean nothing. So (laughs) it's not like, oh, I finally get to do everything on my to-do list and my laundry. And I'm like, no, 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 nothing like bathtub all day, like whatever your thing is, um, carving out that time and getting that rest so helpful for nines to, to stop the overwhelm, to get clarification on their own wants and needs. Um, and just not be influenced by anybody else's agenda. Mm. So great. 100%. I love that so much. I love that so much. All right, Lee, this was awesome. I have a nine wing eight friend, everybody. It's official. Um, And I feel like I could just learn so much from our nine wing eight friends. So thank you so much. Again, I don't know why I didn't do this kind of episode in the beginning of my show. It took like 21 episodes to get an expert on here to explain the basics. So thank you so much, Lee. You're awesome. Um, Is there anything you want to share, just how people can find you if they want to work with you, anything like that? Sure. Um, You can find me at leemilligan.co or email me at hello at leemilligan.co. Everything's on my website. You can learn about my coaching practices. If you are confused about your type one typing interviews, I still do those. uh, my availability is I, I have a smaller selection of clients, so I don't typically work with a more than a certain number, but I do have my books open right now. Um, and if you book with me, I have like a 10% off thing right now on my website. So that's through the end of the year. So I don't know when this is coming out, but you can find me there. And then Enneagram Typecast is my podcast. I co-host with Karen Burley and we're every other week, typically sometimes uh, a lot of weddings happening. So Karen just also got married. So we're, we're, you know, 
reliably unreliable about our posting schedule, but that's, you know, also two nines. So. (laughs) Yeah. You guys do a great job over there. And for anyone who's wanting to learn more about some of the other um, layers to the Enneagram, definitely I recommend Enneagram Typecast for that because they have a great way of teaching it. Um, So Lee, once again, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is great. Hey, Type 9, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you found it helpful, would you be the best and leave a rating and a review? Now, you understand it's hard enough to know that as a 9, I matter. But my bigger question is, does this podcast matter to anybody out there? Anybody? Anybody? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Lastly, if you're looking for Type 9 resources, events, or services, check out Enneagram9.com. There you'll also find a link to my services as a trained counselor and professional astrologer who helps Type 9s looking for clarity and direction in any area of life. So whether you're at a crossroads in your relationships, career, or business, or you want some insight into improving your sense of mental, physical, or spiritual well-being, let's uncover your personal destiny and choose your next right steps together. See you there.